Are you ready to start living the life of your dreams? Are you ready to invite the magic, the stories and the lessons to take your life to the next level? I'm Nicole Winley and I love to empower people to discover their dreams and to ignite their lives. Because when you feel good, when you believe in yourself, success and achievement are just around the corner. Ain't nothing fabricated here. It's real stories from real people to guide you through life's ups and downs. Let today be the start of something new. Let today be the day that you change any belief that limits you. Welcome to Believe and Achieve It. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Believe and Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley. And as always, y'all, y'all know I'm going to say it. I'm so excited for my guest today. I say that when I'm not so excited for my guest today, I will no longer have a podcast. So that hasn't happened yet. But let me tell you guys, I don't even know. I mean, I could introduce her for like 30 minutes, but I want to talk more about it. So um, I just recently uh, had a book fall into my lap, which is now my, gosh, I can't put it down. So anyhow, welcome, welcome, Corey Hahn, the author of Rituals of the Soul. You guys, oh my gosh. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, so I, we, uh, there's a lot of people that I haven't met in real life. You live in Sri Lanka. I'm in Florida, so I have not met you in real life, although I feel completely connected to you. Your book kind of fell into my lap from my podcast producer. She said, I really think you would connect with her, Nicole. So I got your book. And along with the book, I believe your assistant sent me like information on you. So I was reading that and didn't pick the book up for a few days. But then when I picked the book up, I literally cannot put it down. I literally cannot put this book down. So thank you for sharing everything you shared in this book. Oh, it's beautiful. So (laughs) thank you. I'm glad it did. Yeah. And um, Kim is uh, the PR, the PR from the publishing house and and she's done so good helping, helping get the word out there. Cause um, yeah, it's, it's (laughs) hard to get the word out there apparently in the book world. uh, If you're a small, like small time yoga teacher, but um, I'm so glad you found it. and, And that this is, that we're here together. I feel such an affinity with you also. (laughs) So. I feel like I'll be giving these, maybe I'll be giving these as Christmas gifts. Can I get them shipped quickly before? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think they're even doing like 50% off on books with the the publishing house. So that could be cool. So, (laughs) uh, so tell us we were chatting. I always chat before I hit record and then I'm like, Oh God, I should be recording all this. I should be recording all this. But, um, I will say that I compared your book, and I hope you don't mind, to Eat, Pray, Love. I was like, oh, she's Eat, Pray, Loving. She's Eat, Pray, Loving. I, I absolutely yeah. love it. So just kind of tell us a little bit about where it started and how the book came to be. And uh, I'll share a few of my favorite parts. So, <laughs> And I'll let you talk yes. about it. <laughs> Great. Yes. And thank you so much. It's an honor to be compared to Eat, Pray, Love and Elizabeth Gilbert at all. And um, she's obviously been a huge influence for me and I absolutely adore her. So that is like the greatest honor ever. Um, Yeah. And Rituals of the Soul has been a process of its own, just like it takes the reader on a process 
uh, on a journey. And it, you know, I just, I was, I was in quite, it. Yeah. I was in, I was in these places with you. So just so you know, <laughs> love it. Good. That's what it's there for to go places, to, to see things. I, I like to think of it as like putting different glasses on and just seeing your life in different shades of, you know, your mental, you know, in your physical and your emotional and all of it. And, um, but you know, it started as me trying to find a path that I could really get my hands in that I could understand that I could use. And I've been studying yoga and then, you know, just by fate or whatever, I don't know what you want to call it. I guess just by random people finding me on Instagram, I changed I started teaching yoga and I never, ever intended to be a yoga teacher. I was doing yoga the whole time to help myself with my problems. I hear my Southern accent coming out because I hear yours. I love that. (laughs) Southern. Um, I'll be saying y'all before you know it. That's always going to be there. Um, And so it started with me really trying to find a way to understand what the the yoga I had been doing. Like, okay, so I've been doing physical yoga, I've been doing meditation. I had all these tools, but I didn't get the process. Mm. And so I started doing a lot of yoga nidra, which is like a type of hypnosis, but it's really good for your nervous system and anxiety. So I was doing these meditations where you lay down and you slowly relax every part of the body. And I started having this like epiphany almost that was just like, write, write a book, just write a book. And then I was just like, about what? Like what? (laughs) You know? (laughs) So I really wanted to dive into intuition. And I was, because it felt like an intuitive message, like what, what is this? I was like, I'm going to, you know, write a book about the science of intuition but slowly every day it just morphed. Like I would look for research and that would give me a quote and that quote would lead me to something else. And before you know it, I had this aha moment of what yoga was as an eight step process, as a system, as a, you know, a spiritual guidance path that we can all use. And Mm. it finally was like, ah, this is how you use yoga. I don't ever have to go to my yoga mat again. They didn't have rubber yoga mats 3,000 years ago, you know? And so to me, it was like, take it all off the mat and it Mm. really, and embody it. And so I wanted to give others that, because it gave me a spiritual confidence. And without that spiritual confidence, life is depressing and you don't know what you're doing and you don't know where you're going and you don't know that you're a soul. And that's just incredibly depressing and, and anxiety, you know, ridden and all of it. So um, anyways, the book came about and I had no intentions of writing my story in it, but by luck of fate again, I guess. Um, yeah. The people who were interested in the book one in my story. So then at the last minute, we just threw in all these stories to go with that yoga process. And it became this really whirlwind travel book with a basis of yoga and how to use it. Wow. I mean, I was in it. I was going back and forth. I was like, wait a minute. She's in Alaska. Wait, no, this happened here. <laughs> so it all Where is she now? started, it started in Alaska. It did, yes. And um, I'm yeah, looking at you, I, and I'm like, "You lived in Alaska." <laughs> I know for 12 years. Wow, so so long, and it was great. It was absolutely fabulous. And you know what? It's funny because 
we grow and we change. And so many people, you know, think, oh, we're going to go back there because you speak about it so beautifully. But I just went back last summer and I was like, no, I don't live in the cold anymore. You know, like, I love it. I love it so much. And I, and it gave me so much, but, and it's beautiful. But that but was, was just the like start of else. your journey. That was the start yes. of your journey. It was. Yeah. I'd say it was before that. It was definitely when my boyfriend died and that was in Texas and that was like in the chaos. And it's no, you know, like it's unfortunate clearly that he died and and that was what had to happen. But um, it also wasn't completely out of left field because we were living this completely chaotic life of being lost souls and not knowing what we were here for and doing lots of drugs and, and fighting our our wounds and he didn't make it, you know, and I somehow did probably because of his passing, but because of him, I ended up, I actually moved to Florida first for three months because I didn't think I liked the cold. Tampa, I had a friend, this was during the Iraq war actually. And so he went uh, to fight or, you know, I guess that's what they do. (laughs) They were doing, I don't know what he did, but he had an empty apartment. So I was like, okay, cool. And that was Brad, my boyfriend that died, his best friend. So I just said, I'll come live in your apartment. I'm going to find a job and I'm going to start a new life. But three months after I got there, I just found myself like walking around alone in casinos. I had no idea where to go or where to fit in. And so after that, a friend called and said, do you want to go to Alaska? I just got a job, um, like a summer job. And that's how it happened. Yes. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that's what hooked me was when you said that your boyfriend had passed suddenly and my boyfriend had passed suddenly and I connected to you instantly. And that was kind of what started your path to healing. It definitely is what Mike's death is what started my path to healing. And I know that he didn't wake up and say, I think I'll take a bullet to my head today from a random stranger so that Nicole can live her best life. But I know now that I wouldn't be where I am today had he not passed. So I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, and I don't know if some people may think that's like a dark twisty way to think about it, but to me, that's like there, there's a reason. Yeah. So I don't believe I would be where I am today talking to you about eat, pray, love and healing. Had I not been through that part of my life. Yeah, I think that the dark nights of the soul are what moves the needle. And I do. And like, you know, my dad has had a very, I wouldn't say super privileged, but a very fortunate life. He, you know, lost his parents late uh, or one parent, sorry, one still, one still going strong. Uh, She's actually like the iron rooster in the family, you know, like nothing's going to happen to her. It seems like she's still like out there blowing snow, but he hasn't had this. So he doesn't have this depth of spirituality. He didn't have that depth to, to know, to need to know. And it was when, you know, Brad died that I was like, no, I need to know. I need yeah. to know where he went. And I remember, you know, it was a Catholic funeral and seeing that casket go in the ground. And I was just screaming because I was like, where is he going? Where did he go? And I felt him all around me. But I, And so that's really what was like, he's here, but mm-hmm. I was so young. I didn't know. Can I find us psychic? And you oh, know, but gosh, yes. that is the, that's that embodied love. It's the, the unexpressed love is you can turn it into yourself and find your own love through what you can express to him, you know? And 
And I mean, you can, but you couldn't physically in this form. And um, yeah, sometimes it's like, People want to say, I'm sorry for your loss, but what they don't know is 10 years later, you're going to have this life that you as real, it's authentic, it's deep. You have searched for the things that your soul wants to know for itself. I love it. So like I wrote this down. I actually put little doodle hearts around this that you said, (laughs) and that is uh, not to focus on the suffering. Huh. Right. Because suffering is a choice yeah. to me. It is yeah. to make sure the suffering isn't keeping you from dancing when the opportunity arises. Oh my gosh. I say yeah. dance when it's t- or cry when it's time to cry so you can dance when it's time to dance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you know, in that chapter, I talk about this going to an orphanage and there was this little girl in the orphanage and I just was struggling in this trip through Africa. I got malaria. We, the, the buses weren't running. We just did not know what we were doing in Africa, just trying to get from one point to the other as a wanderer, to, to be honest. And I saw this girl with so much suffering dancing. And I just realized like, you can be hurt, you know, but mm. don't let that be everything. Like, mm. yeah, it's beautiful. we can we can use our mind to focus on our suffering, can't we? You can stay in that hole. You know, Brad's mom told me once, she said, someone when he died, she said another parent who had lost a kid told her, you can stay in this black hole as long as you choose. And it's really true. You can stay in your depression. It's a choice. You can stay in your anxiety. You can stay in your unhealthy marriage. You can stay in your shitty job. <laughs> you can stay in the boring life. You can choose and the hustle and bustle and the hustle and bustle, right? And you can dance. I freaking dance. I do too. I dance, honey. That's my practice now. When people are at the end of the most podcasts, they're like, "What's your ritual?" And I'm like, "A dynamic meditation these days. I just dance. I let myself feel what I'm feeling, and I just go for it." Shameless. So, so (laughs) that you touched on the meditation is, I meditate every single day. I used to hate waking up in the morning. <laughs> Literally, I hated it. And then it was rush, 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 rush. All day, every day, all day, rush, rush, rush. Now I uh, wake up at, when I wake up, usually around 7.30, my little angel wakes me up with a sweet little kiss on the nose. And what better way to wake up uh, from your dog? And um, I have my time, my two hours of my setting my intentions for how my day is going to be. I get to create how my day is going to be. And, you know, walking with my dogs without any cell phone, never letting them kind of guide me. And then I come in and do my meditation and my dogs even end up on my meditation poof with me. I do have, that's my, my, that's my dog bed. That's my pillow, my meditation poof. It's my healing poof, my everything. That's my, my, my love. Uh, So I do meditate every day and a lot of people are afraid of meditation. It's hard. <laughs> it's terribly <laughs> difficult. It's like no one is like stoked. Even the Dalai Lama. I mean, maybe he's learned to enjoy it, but he's quite advanced in this whole thing. But like, I've been meditating for a long time to get over that grief. Actually, it was fully my first meditation retreat was years after Brad died. And I had it And more friends had died you know, since Mm -hmm. then. So it was definitely death that 
And I started having this intense anxiety that I, I couldn't lose anybody else. And I was just anxiously attaching to, you know, just in complete fear, debilitating fear mm. of losing people. And so I did my first meditation retreat and 10 days and um, it was painful. Oh. I talk about that in the book too. I hated everyone. I hated every second of it. I had convinced myself it wasn't going to work and that this was such a waste of time. And the very peaceful people sitting at the front were obviously drugged. And, <laughs> and I was just right. like, hated yeah. it. But I didn't have that debilitating anxiety ever again. So, you know, I say that you meditate. It's when the burn of the meditation wears off of the, you know, you're hating. I mean, you don't always hate. You get moments of bliss in there. But like, I don't like it. I still, even the other day, I still got recommended, you know, by someone. Like, you need to go meditate. And I was like, (laughs) I do. I do. Right. When you have a decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. You it changed my life. And I, I literally have never had that severe of, I call it death anxiety. I have no idea what the proper name is, but meditation has given me that. And, you know, without it, our modern times, our minds are in complete control of our emotional body, of our somatic body, of everything, our intuition. You can't even hear what your soul's trying to say. You can't even concentrate what your mind is trying to say. Actually, it's just chaos. And so it's actually a non-negotiable for all of us. And I say that too in the book, like you have to start here in order to do anything else. And this, this book's going to take you on a journey. Like you have to learn to concentrate and focus your mind on what you truly want to focus on. And it helps well, one you One of my that. biggest mentors says he does a 10 minute priming meditation thing every morning. And he's like, when people say they don't have 10 minutes, he says they don't have a fucking life. Yeah. It's like, there's a saying and you're like, like, time you need to make more time. If you don't have 10 minutes, you probably need two hours, you know? And the thing is like, Last night I had this massage with an intuitive healer and she's amazing. Oh, and um, I'm she to does, Shaka, like tomorrow. Come on, sister. <laughs> she is so cool. But she even she talks to you a little bit how you're feeling, what you're doing. And then she just made me go into my and I was just telling her, like, I'm, you know, I'm single too, and I'm I'm ready though. I'm I'm ready to date now. So I finally like had this epiphany a few days ago that I just saw all the emotionally unavailable people I've been attaching myself to for all these years. And suddenly I was like, okay, I saw that. And I see how glorious I am that that had nothing to do with me. And suddenly I'm not scared of the world anymore. I'm ready to live it. And then I was like, but no one was at my door. Like I know I went right hating from knock on my door. It's not happening. And she was just like, okay, let's take a moment. Let's ground and let's get in the body. Mm -hmm. And I just went in and within five minutes, because I've been practicing, I can tap in quick like that, which is the great benefit of doing it regularly. And just realized after that 10 minutes, I was like, oh, I don't need anyone to come at my door. That's, I'm at my door. I needed to come (gasps) at my door. You know, I love that. Yes, that's how we come to home to ourselves is just uh, taking a moment to be with ourselves. God. And I was telling you, I just turned 50 three weeks ago. I don't even know how many weeks ago anymore. I'm 50. I just say that now. I'm 50. And uh, I had a huge birthday celebration and never thought I would ever do anything like that. I never liked my birthday. It was just kind of like breeze over it. And 
I was single, more single than I've ever been in my whole entire life. And I've never been so happy in my entire life. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was like, not what I, I love myself. I love myself and not Amazing. in a egotistical way. Like I truly, yeah. truly love myself. And I feel better now than when I was 30. Yeah. I look better now than when I was 30. And it's all this kind of journey of finding true happiness. And like, you know, the yoga, we haven't even talked about yoga. The whole book is based on yoga and it's not really about yoga, <laughs> Yeah, but it's the, the meditation, the, you know, being present in life. As you said, how often do you see a shooting star when you're intensely working or when you're binging on Netflix or when you're hiding away, you don't see the shooting stars. You don't see life. Right. And now I do. And it's just like, ah, and, uh, you know, I was always wanting to lose 10 pounds for 20 years. I'm like, I need to lose 10 pounds. I need to lose 10 pounds. I, need to lose. I don't even know what that was, but honestly, what I needed to do was get my mind, my soul, right. And then my body came in. So it's like a whole mind, body, soul. You can't, you know, you look at the people like the best body, they got abs, they got, and you're like, but their mind and their soul is just a disaster. Yeah. I'm like the more single than I've ever been to. And it's, you know, I live in this tropical, very much a like young 20 year old ah. everywhere. So dating feels like, I'm like, why would anyone want this like graying single mom who's like, who loves talking about deep, deep, you know, not super like shadow work and stuff. But, you know, I keep telling myself like, someone's going to love me for my consciousness now. Someone's going to love that I can talk about this stuff. And it's going to be so, that person will be so bored. I mean, any 20 year old Swedes listening to this, I love you guys immensely, but I'm just saying we grow. Yeah. And it's not about your 10 pounds anymore. You're just like, I want freedom. I want to feel good. Yeah. I want to live my best life, my body and soul through the ups and the downs because the shit still happens, right? As you know, you just yeah. went through a divorce two two years. Yeah, yeah still, and I, was, I mean, still figuring it out, but yeah. <laughs> but I was saying to her, I was saying to Gloria at the beginning, like, you know, you did the, the meditate. You're so spiritual. Like you're spiritual in every single way. Like you meditate, you do the yoga, you do it all and stuff still happens. The bad stuff still happens. But now you can well, I know what to, to do. I still you got don't, the tool belt. I mean, yeah, <laughs> tool belt. But sometimes I still don't go in there and fix anything. You know, <laughs> I mean, I sat after my divorce and cried and focused on this book actually. And then now that the book's out, I'm like, what am I going to do? And I've been like clinging to addictions that I never had. Like I'm like, let's really? go drinking, and everyone's like, really? I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know. I don't actually. I get really hungover. I don't want to drink. And like the next day, you know. And so it's like still figuring it out, but. To know the tools is great enough, you know, and, and then, you know, eventually you're going to get to a point, you're going to make that choice. Right. But so in this book, I really hope it just gives people those tools because so many people don't even know any tools. No. Right. Yeah. And then they beat themselves up. So when they're in that suffering and then they do go out and they drink and then the next morning they're like, oh my God, they're beating themselves up. Give yourself the grace, like be okay yeah. with that's why I went out and I drank too much. It's okay. I know, you know, sometimes I say that like every, like I'll go like a year, two years without drinking. And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll have a drink. And then I get so hungover. I'm like, oh, there's my reminder. 
<laughs> That's why I don't do it. I'll go another two years or whatever, you know, and like, but sometimes it is, it's just to observe. Oh, okay. Like to be curious about all these things and to use even all these tools we're talking about curiously, because they're not all going to work for you. And I even had a, a breathwork friend the other day who was like, the Wim Hof method is really <gasps> bad for some people. You <gasps> See, know, there's, you can find those ones on it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all different. So my, what's going to work for me isn't going to work for everyone. And even like the sitting down meditation, someone with a lot of energy might never like that. You might have to start with the dancing meditation, you know, like, Walk, yeah. there's a, a different way for everybody. And that's what I didn't get with the yoga thing for so long. I was like, I'm doing my one hour of movement and I'm doing my 30 minutes of meditation. So why isn't it working? And it's like, mm. and then there's you other get frustrated things. and you give up. Yeah. You're like, oh, this doesn't work. So I'm I know too type A. I just over. kept doing it 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I about like, this will work. The place, but we're talking about meditation, the yoga, the this, the that. And I'm sorry, I'm jumbling all your steps up. But the point you're of the great. book is your eight steps, right? It's eight steps. Yeah. The eight or steps of yoga. Principles. What? I Steps works. Yeah. But yeah. it's, so I want to shake a lot of people <laughs> and say, oh, you can do all of this and it doesn't mm. really even cost you anything. <laughs> like all Or take these- that much time. Actually. Yes, I know. Right. So-, so that hour and a half now, maybe I do 20 minutes. I have a kid. I mean, I just put him to bed. I said, can I rub your back and I'll meditate? And he said, sure. So that was oh my, my 20 gosh, minute meditation. You know, and I, and then he's like, I want to cuddle. So I laid down. I wasn't sitting up. Like, I mean, it, in the beginning, you want to be disciplined. You really want to sit mm-hmm. there. You want to get to Oh, I wanted practices. to do, take all the supplements that I possibly, everyone, like yeah. all of them, do all the stuff, set my timer for my meditation and, and do yeah. all the things. But, and I tried Wim Hof. I've tried different, I've tried different types of breath work. I've tried different types of yoga. I've tried, I do Reiki. I do acupuncture. I do pranic. I've done it all. And some that work for me may not work for you, what works for you, but it's exploring and kind of creating. So I've created my morning routine that works for me out of Good. learning <laughs> from others. Yes. Yeah. And really listening to yourself. And that's where it came back to the intuition that we started this talk kind of talking about was to be like, oh, that's my guru to know what I need. So sometimes I need, like right now I tried to do a yoga nidra the other night, which is like I said, a deep relaxation, but my mind's been so busy because I haven't been doing my seated meditation that I couldn't Mm. even concentrate on the words of that meditation. So then I said, okay, let's revert back. That used to be my ritual for five years, but now my brain's busy. And, you know, so I came back to the one I did 20 years ago, just learning to breathe again, like sitting and watching the breath and, and they're going to constantly change. And that's, that's where I feel like yoga has such a, the wrong, you know, reputation, I guess, like it's being taught. I don't want to say the wrong way because you're never going to go to a yoga class and leave going like, what a waste of time. Like you always like get in there and usually enjoy it and calm down. But like, there's, if you know what works for you and what you need, then it can get really, really help you achieve what you want. You can use it to manifest things or to create or. Oh, I can't you know, wait you, to it, dive into all of that. I yeah. Know. The shadow work. Cause you're a Scorpio, right? Sagittarius. Oh, you're a Sagittarius. That was yeah. three weeks ago. We've been in Sagittarius that long. 
Yeah, because I'm I right on the <laughs> You are. Oh, even better. Well, the good for you. I mean, that's a little bit easier, right? You're having fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay, I'll good. tell you, I was an anti-yoga person. I was like, yeah. I'll never do yoga. I can't even touch my toes. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. There's yeah. not anything we can't do. And yeah. starting yoga has really had a huge impact on my life and my overall health and well-being. I was in a pretty bad car accident a few months ago and I walked away with a scratch on my foot. I mean, yes, it was it was God, it was my angel and it was it was Volvo. <laughs> I say, uh, Volvo, you did your job. Um but uh you know, I've had some minor, you know, things um but I feel like if I hadn't been a year into my yoga, I don't know yeah. that I would have done so well. So many people I know get in just tiny little accidents and they're like, oh, my back's been messed up forever. And yoga yeah. was what I did not even a week after my accident, like maybe three days. I went to my chiropractor and I said, can I please do yoga? And he said, you need to do yoga. And I, I mean, yeah. I was shaky and wobbly, and but I got right back into it. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I worked with people with disabilities for a long time in Alaska and many, you know, had missing limbs, uh, returning war veterans, you know, and, and they can't do the physical yoga, but, and, you know, even back in the, and I'm glad that you found that and it's helped you with your physical body because it is great for that. And that is what most people are doing it for. But essentially like my grandma's 80, her anxiety is still so bad. I mean, I'm not trying to like heal all her pains because I'm like, honey, you're 80. Like, I don't think it's going to work, you know, like (laughs) get just getting old, like skin's barely hanging on there anymore, you know, but, but she can still heal her problems and what she's struggling with, with something, you know, with something in yoga. And that's really Mm. the big picture is I think 3000 years ago, I imagine, you know, there weren't cars. I'm imagining the gurus were sitting there. These were just enlightened monks pretty much, or these mm-hmm. like Indian holy men, you know, that's who the yogis were. Essentially it was the Buddha also. He came from the Hindu background and, and learned to meditate. And that was his ritual. And 13 years later, he became enlightened and he decided to share that because he had a calling to do that. And, um, but I think ultimately people would go to those gurus with more than just physical pain. It was like, I lost someone. How do I deal with this? Or a tiger came into the village. Like I'm scared to death of this tiger. How am I going to live in this village with this tiger or whatever it was, but it wasn't just like the physical It was probably more mental because they even say the definition of yoga is the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind. So they were actually more focused on how the mind and if you really move into the body, a lot of like, you know, our hurts and our pains come from where we put our stress, our emotional and our mental stress too. So you're working in the body, but you're still ultimately moving into those deeper layers also. That might've gotten a little bit too deep, but. Oh no, oh no. Yeah, I'm just okay. like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we want to use yoga to heal our problems and that can be anything. For me, it's been anxiety. And I say that a lot. And I actually have another friend, we're going to do a teacher training in the next few months. And I told her like, but now 
my problem is like being single and learning to be this like divine feminine open sexual. I mean, not open sexuality is like, you know, polygamy <laughs> or anything, but just like to learn to even be able to have a relationship with someone in that sure, dynamic way. Sure. And I was like, but I don't know how to do that. So I'm going to go to her as my yoga teacher so she can help me with this problem, you know? So it's like, think about what you want. Like even go the doctor into yoga. has a doctor. Yes. <laughs> and most therapists have a therapist. Have a therapist, right? Your <laughs> acupuncturist has an acupuncture, like, you know, like. It's- yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, and, right. Um, I have a coach. Yeah. I have a coach. I have a coach. I have lots of coaches. Yes. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. And constantly changing for what you need. Like, yes. I had a coach for five years and now I have a therapist. And then, you know, and I got this intuitive healer lady and that's working now great, you know? So, right. You right, just right. got to stay with the inspiration. Learning and growing and learning and growing. You don't have to be the same person you were. And who wants to be the same person you were? want to stay stuck. We do. I mean, there is that tendency, but yeah, deep down, I think we all want to move somewhere with towards freedom, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And keep chasing after it, right? Keep chasing after it. (laughs) And here, when you were in Africa is when, oh gosh, that's when you got into your meditation, right? In Africa? It was in India. That was the first one. But I, I think I keep talking about meditation in that African chapter, just how tough it is and how tough right. that trip was. And that that was the point of meditation was not the sitting down and the pain of actually meditating because it sucks. Like you're going to have all your traumas come back up. You're going to have all your self-doubt. You're going to have all this self-loathing come up in your meditation. It's not like this joyous bliss. Like people are like, I'm doing meditation wrong because it sucks. And it's like, no, you're doing it right because you're observing what sucks. So it's not going to bother you anymore. But you have to observe it to heal. Yes. So then you can start dancing. You can go, okay, that sucks. That sucks. I don't care. I'm still going to put a song on and dance, you know? Right. Yeah. So I'm talking about meditation definitely in, in the Africa chapter, but it was more the benefits that we get from that meditation. That mm-hmm. learning to dance is only possible when you've done that work, when you've calmed the mind, calmed the nervous oh, system. I even tell people, and I do this so much, but uh, friends of mine or you know clients or you know they'll say, you know, I've got such and such going on, or I have a big job interview, or I'm really stressed about, you know, taking a test, or I have a doctor's, whatever it is. And I'm like, before you go in, turn on your favorite song, turn on that song, literally sit in your car and dance it out. When you are having a bad day, put on that song, dance it out. When you're stuck in traffic, dan- dance it out, just dance it out. <laughs> yeah. Smile or sing it out. it out. Yeah. Yes. And you know, I talk about that in the believe and trust chapter a bit too, about how cathartic that is. And to sometimes we sing like Aretha Franklin's like, you know, respect when you feel like this man hasn't given you respect. You're like, you know, you can feel it. You can sing it at the top of your lungs. Right now, my ballads, I'm just like in the Adele, Adele's new album. And oh. I'm just like, and I, and I'm reading the lyrics and I just keep singing it over and over again. And to me, that's how my emotions are coming out of me. Oh, I you know? love it. So it's, that's a ritual too. And maybe when the I dancing was, is yeah. moving it. Yes. When I was I going through my darkest times, 
it was Bruno Mars talking to the moon. Yes. And I would sit outside and sing talking to the moon and cry, 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 and look at the moon and sing the song and the song and the song and the song and cry and be sad and be happy and cry and sad. But it was that song. And yeah. uh, now my song is Sia, Unstoppable. I cannot get enough of that song. Like I am like, woo! But um, <laughs> yeah, it's that simple thing. We can all turn on that song. Everybody has yeah. that song, that song that is sad, but then makes you feel good or the song that's empowering. Yeah. It's all there, right? Or make yeah. up your own. And honestly, yeah, make up your own. Like I started learning sitar, a Hindustani instrument. And that was my therapy this past two years of COVID. Wow. I found this 18 year old teacher. She found me on Instagram. It was magic. I, she, I bought a sitar and was going to have this man that lives here in Sri Lanka teach me. And then we went into lockdown. And so I had this expensive instrument. I had no idea how to learn it. She just, I took a picture with it and put it on my Instagram. And like a month later, she was like, would you like lessons? Cause I'm in lockdown in Mumbai. I have nothing to do. $14 a lesson. So I said, yeah, I'll do it every day with you. And you know, we didn't talk. She played and I played, but there was this resonance. It was like, I'd never learned to communicate or have an intimate experience like that with someone just off feeling the notes, feeling into myself. And that became my new meditation too. So it's like, once again, there's so many rituals for us, but the, I mean, I love music and obviously you do too, but there's, there's endless possibilities there, you know? That's oh, so I've good. done the drum circle healing thing. I mean, I've done, I, <laughs> it's learning and growing, but if someone's like, Hey, you want to try? Yeah, I'm in, let's try it. And I Be love curious because how are you going to know what you're going to love otherwise, right? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, I'm yeah. so incredibly blessed that this book came into my life. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and I see more conversations with you in the future. But to kind Wonderful. of like wrap up today, I guess just give us your, I don't want to, I have so many quotes in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But just like kind of just sum it up here on rituals of the soul. (sighs) Yeah, I just, at the end of the day, I think the whole thing, the whole book and this whole process for me has taught me to ask myself, what do you need or Mm. what do you want? Mm. And let your rituals help you to become that every day. It's just a little bit. So if you're doing yoga just because you feel like you should or because you want to lose 10 pounds, okay, you can lose those 10 pounds. You can also heal your anxiety. You can also heal your grief. You don't believe that you're a soul. You can repeat every single day, I am a soul. I am a soul. I am a sentient being. I am divine. Anything you need, you can use these rituals to create that in your own life. Little baby steps, you know? And someone once told me like the Dalai Lama isn't truly an enlightened being, he just does a lot of enlightened things and has a lot of enlightened moments. So the more you do what you need and you support yourself, the more you're going to be whatever it is you want. We want peace. Great. You're going to become, you're going to create 30 moments of peace each day. It's going to become so natural to you that you become peaceful, you know, and you to, to look at your yoga you practice yeah. that way. Yes. 
believe it and achieve it, baby. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I adore you. I cannot wait oh, to have you. more conversations with you. And oh my gosh, you, everybody needs to read this book. I was hooked. I couldn't put it down. And it's a quick read, Thank you. right? It I'm going to be going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for, for a long time now. Oh, thank you. Uh, it was amazing. You know, people say, oh, what is that book? What is that book? What is that book? And Untethered Soul is a lot of that book. My favorite, actually. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's a quick, Love short like a read. So now I'm going to be adding, adding this in for sure. Oh, so thank yes. you for your time. Thank you for your story. Thank you Thank for you. sharing your story. And uh, so um, in the show notes from this podcast, I'm going to put all the things about you, but let's tell our listeners how to find you, where they can get the book and all that, all the goods, all the goods. Oh, well, thank you so much. And Nicole, I am sure you've inspired me so much as well in our short time together here. And I can't imagine how impactful you must be on your audience and the people that are around you to go through such a hard thing and to come out honestly happier than you've ever been. That's pretty amazing. And that's a light at the end of the tunnel for so many. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, But yeah, you can, where to find me. So I have a a website called Santosha Society and it's S-A-N-T-O-S-H-A Society. Santosha actually in Sanskrit means contentment. So it's really a place for lots of tools. There are, there's free meditations on there. Um, I will be doing an in-depth, a six month program coming in March, um, <gasps> which will be really fun. I just came up with it today, actually, but I'm so solid on it that I'm already going to mention it. And well, my, I love in Instagram. <laughs> yeah, come on. It'll be so much fun. And uh, really just to go into all these rituals that we don't even know exist. And like I said, my friend, that's who the friend with the sexuality, I mean, that will be such a small portion of it, but like women don't even know Mm-mm. what they look like. Anyways. Okay. We're still going on that, but you can find me on Instagram. Hey, and in, all my the mind, I, in my mind, I'm JLo honey. So I walk yeah. with the, okay. She's 52 or 50 something, 50 plus. Yeah. Looking great is what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah find me in the show notes and connect and, and and you can pick up my book anywhere and thank you so much for recommending it and it's on audio digital and, and oh, paperback it is? is it you talking to it's not oh, maybe if, no. if we sell a few more copies we can redo that <laughs> right 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 oh gosh that's awesome I mean honestly thank you for sharing because you even said you didn't want to tell all your stories but you got real, you got raw, and that's what hooked me in. And I so appreciate it. So as always, make it an awesome, awesome day and much, much love. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Believe It, Achieve It. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you some value, please share it with a friend or subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. I love hearing from all of you, so please drop me a line at CoachNicoleWindley.com. That is CoachNicoleWindley, W-I-N-D-L-E-Y.com. Catch you next time. Much, much love.